tipping forwards when you're asking your horse to canter can be a really tough habit to break for so many riders. And it's because it feels like you're doing the right thing, but that couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, if you are tipping forwards when you're asking your horse to canter, you're actually really hindering the transition and not just the transition, the actual canter itself, if your horse does by chance manage to get there. That's what we're going to talk about today. Hey there, and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast. My name is Lorna Leeson. I'm an equestrian trainer, coach, and I help riders from all over the world to train their horses, particularly riders who don't have a trainer or coach, in a way that, well, keeps it fun and makes it interesting for both of you. Okay, tipping forwards in the canter, not just in the canter, in the transition into canter. Ooh, it's a biggie. And actually recently, I've been working with quite a few riders who've been trying to overcome this. It's something that's very kind of fresh in my mind right now. And what I'm noticing is many riders don't see this as being a problem. It's only if it's really called out to them. So if kind of it's pointed out and you're like, what are you doing there now? Why would you be doing that? And very often riders will actually try and justify this. They'll say, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm only doing this to tell my horse which leg to strike on or which lead to canter on. That's, that's a very common response. Um, and with that, you'll see it's not just straightforward tipping over, it's tipping to the side, like kind of ducking down over one shoulder of the horse, kind of like a bit of a motorbike rider shimmy type thing, okay? Um, but it is an issue. And what it's doing is it is actually preventing your horse from riding a really good transition, okay? And I think where riders are getting tripped up is very often we, we kind of think that it's our job to make the horse canter. And somehow if we kind of throw ourselves into it, this is going to make it easier and better to do. But that's not your job. Never was, never will be. Your job is to ask your horse to canter and then get out of the way and let him canter, okay? And you can't get out of the way if you're sitting perched up there on the, maybe on your horse's neck, on the shoulders, on the pommel of the saddle, wherever you are, wherever tipping forward kind of brings you with your horse, um, that definitely does not make it balanced or enjoyable for you with the horse. So I think that, you know, we can talk about all the reasons. And as I've mentioned, a big one is riders kind of feel like it, it's almost like it boosts momentum, <laughs> And it's like, it's like hitting the turbo boost on the horse, kind of throwing yourself forward. Okay, if I do that, he'll do this. No, probably not. Okay. But there's also other reasons, obviously, while riders tip forward. And very often it's just a simple lack of balance. Okay. Or a lack of coordination, self-awareness. Sometimes people don't even realize they're doing it. We'll chat more about that just now. It could be a position issue, and I see this a lot when it comes to the seat, okay? So the seat, the, the, the real fundamental basic position of the seat is actually incorrect. And of course, anytime we tend to add energy to stuff, well, it 
you know, it amplifies things. It kind of shines a spotlight on it. You see it coming up. Um, it could be that the rider's not asking correctly. The rider's actually never really learned to, whether they never learned or they never learned to use the correct aids to ask the horse to canter. There's, there's like just so many reasons. But what is important is that if you find yourself tipping forward you have to realize that this is not only making things more difficult for you okay and for you in both the transition but also as I said earlier if your horse manages to get into the canter but it also really and truly hinders your horse as well because at the end of the day the your horse like all the things you need to have and maintain okay so establish and maintain before the transition such as balance and rhythm and coordination okay you know the little things the little important things all of those things they are just as important for your horse and your horse has to do the same and if you're kind of throwing yourself about up there yeah that is going to make things rather difficult for your trusty steed okay I think as well that if you think about it just from your horse's perspective the canter transition in and of itself is a very upward transition. Now, obviously, it's upward between maybe whether you're going walk to canter or trot to canter. So it's upward in that respect. But physically, it actually is an upward kind of trajectory into the canter if it's done right. OK, and so that being said, if you're going to throw your weight forward, well, you're blocking that. You're blocking the upward energy for your horse with your body, which is obviously going to have a knock-on effect. So if we were to think about your horse, first of all, going from either the walk or the trot, it doesn't matter either, okay, or which, um, but going from that into canter, it's important to also realize that in order to do that correctly and effectively, he has to kind of reorganize his body a little bit, okay? And obviously that's because the canter is completely different to both the walk or the trot, like the, the footfalls, the energy, the rhythm. Everything changes when you get into canter, okay? So in an ideal situation, your horse would actually be able to maintain balance, engage the hindquarters, lighten the front end and literally step into the canter okay now think about that if he's going to maintain balance engage the hindquarters lighten the front end okay lighten the shoulders lighten the whole front end of the horse and step up into the canter can't do that when you're sitting there blocking it all <laughs> at the front end okay if you're actually like throwing your weight onto the very kind of part of the horse that we're trying to lighten yeah you could see how it'd be an issue okay so what also happens in this situation is when riders tip forward okay they tend to kind of grip with their knees and to, to kind of a lesser extent the inner thighs okay and it almost causes this like vice like grip on the horse's shoulders area and what that does is it actually shuts it down now you know it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand the canter and the shoulders and that lovely kind of expressiveness that we're actually looking for okay um, and if we're shutting that down by being like a vice grip on our horse's back well the horse is going to struggle with that okay it's really really important um, and I also think that 
When a rider is doing this, very often one of the things that you'll see or one of the ways you'll see the horse respond will be either it won't canter at all, it'll just stay trotting, usually pretty fast, or it will run into the canter. So like the trot just becomes totally unorganized, like it's just running at that point. And then purely because you've enough momentum built up on your side, you and the horse kind of fall into the canter. And like I'd mentioned that the canter in a good transition is a very, the transition into it is very kind of upward. If we were kind of looking at a a diagram of where the energy is going, it would be upward. Okay. And when the horse falls into the canter and I'm using the word fall, obviously the horse doesn't have to fall over. I just mean it's, it's very unorganized, sloppy. Okay. You'll actually see that the trajectory would be downward. Okay, if, the, if we were, again, using the arrow diagram. And that's not what we're looking for. We want upward. We want light. Okay, so that's really important. So where I would suggest starting off, if this is indeed something you're struggling with, would be to focus on your seat and your posture. Okay, um, I think that if you can remain engaged through your seat and if you can remain in self-carriage okay so you yourself you're carrying yourself the whole time your body that's posture basically okay you're going to give both yourself and the horse the space to make a better transition possible okay and um, I would say start off like something really simple keeping your shoulders above your hips and people are like what my shoulders are always above my hips unless I'm lying on the ground. No, no. What I mean is don't allow your shoulders to get ahead of your hips or behind your hips. Okay. Try and keep them like a good way to think about this is if you can imagine your shoulders were being held up by your head. Okay. Or something like there's a crane and it's kind of holding you there. You want to keep your hips under your shoulders if that's a better way of imagining it. Okay. But keeping your shoulders above your hips works the other way. Okay. But I do think that that's really, really important. And um, if you can do that, you are going to be able to be more in control of your body. And also you'll be able to allow your seat to actually lead you into the canter. So if you could think of like the first part of your body that you want to get into the canter would be your belly button. I know that sounds really odd, but it is true. You want your seat to lead you into it, okay? And your seat can only lead you in if you are carrying your body, okay? So that's really important. Um, and then, of course, you, you want to keep with this because if you're maintaining that, you are actually then allowing your aids to work freely and independently. And that allows for more clarity within the communication, which leads me to the next point. Pay more attention to the timing of your ask and also to accuracy. Like get really, really picky on it. So many people, they're just happy with it just being random. But like start asking yourself, okay, when do I want this transition to happen? Where do I want it to happen? And what type of a walk or a trot do I want to have established? And do I want to maintain as we're preparing for the transition? Okay, like just immediately before the transition. What would that look like? Which lead are you looking for your horse to strike on? All of these questions need to be answered in advance. And if you're not like in some way or at some level kind of sorting all this out in your head beforehand, well, the chances are it's going to be a pretty sloppy transition. It's going to be hit or miss, okay? I think that so many people are almost happy with the 50-50 likelihood that they'll, they somehow might strike the right lead. They don't 
pay enough attention to it. So really get picky on it. Get picky and invest time and effort to better prepare the transition so that you can then, if like if you can imagine you've now prepared it. So if you're whether you're in walk or you're in trot, it's a really good quality walk or trot to ask for the transition into canter. And then start thinking about, okay, where would be the best place within the stride to ask for this transition? Now, I've done previous episodes on all of this, the timing of it and everything. I'll link for that in the show notes of this episode, which you can find over at stridesforsuccess.com forward slash episode 1277. 1277? Yes, 1277, okay? And then if you can get that like at the right time, you'll find there's a much smoother transition because your horse is able to respond at that time. Very often, if we just ask like willy-nilly, we're like, oh, well, here's as good a place as any, let's go. And you're just asking. What tends to happen is the horse loses relaxation. It becomes a little bit tense because it has to do a little bit of a hop and a skip and a jump in order to reorganize everything to get into the canter to actually make the transition possible. So when you are then doing this with, like kind of coupled with the tipping forward of the body, yeah, it's not going to be great. It wouldn't be very balanced when you did get into the canter. So it's important to think about that as well. The other thing that you can think about once you've got like your posture, so like you're really like looking at that and your seat would be your hands and your legs. Now, I really think the hands are a great help here because what can happen when we ride is sometimes we have this kind of idea in our head of what we're doing. You've probably experienced this. And then you look back at a video or a photograph and you're like, oh gosh, no, <laughs> okay, that was not how I thought that was, okay, and it can, it can be eye-opening, you know, a little disappointing sometimes, but yes, it's there, okay, but what is nice is that your hands, you can always just glance down and have a little look-see at what's going on there. Very often, many riders don't realize that they tend to drop one of their hands, usually the inside one, let's be honest, hey, but they'll drop a hand or they lift a hand, okay? So you want to pay attention to how you're moving your hands through the transition, both before, during, and after the transition, okay? And then you can use them kind of as indicators because you're able to see them, and obviously all your aids being connected, by looking at what your hands are doing, you can start to figure out, hold on, there might be something else going on here. And you can begin to kind of tackle then the, maybe the root cause as opposed to just the symptom, which would be your hands being dropped. Okay. So you can look at that. And then also thinking about your legs, your legs need to be independent in order to ask. So if you're finding that your heels are coming up or maybe even your lower legs are coming up, a lot of people, because they're gripping through the knee, the whole lower leg, like the whole calf, foot, ankle, the whole thing, it'll start to come up the horse's sides. Okay. And obviously it's not very effective then. And it's also not there in maybe the supporting or balancing role that it could be to assist your horse and to help your horse, particularly if you have a green horse. Okay. So by noticing if you can maintain the weight into your heels, you can begin then to assess what your lower body's doing through the transition. Okay. And from there, you can again, answer questions and begin to tweak things, try something new and like really and truly get into it. And I would suggest practicing this through maybe, um, slower transitions. So from walk to trot and trot to walk and even halt, walk to halt, and then bring it up to the, the if you want, the, the 
bigger question of the canter, okay, the transition into the canter. And I know we're talking about the transition into canter, but it is important that you understand what's going on in your body in order to do that. Okay, my very final thing to think about, I've said it at the beginning, is that you ask the horse to canter, but then you have to allow him. You have to get out of the way and allow him to respond. If you are not focusing on your position, and your position being that you are positioning your body in the very best possible place for your horse to respond the way you want him to respond, you're going to block things. And it won't matter how great the ask is or how much preparation you've done, if you're blocking it, it can't go forward. So it's really, really important to notice that, to, to notice if you are allowing. And remember, to allow, you need to be able to maintain your own posture and your own independence and your own balance. And that's part and parcel of it. If you're using your horse for any of those things, okay, I don't know how you'd use your horse for posture, but for balance or security or independence, well, it's not really independence then, is it? If you're using your horse for that, um, you won't be able to, if you want to take charge of your side of the deal to kind of make this a good transition and it's going to end up hindering your horse as well. So it's really, really important to set things up and to think about that as you ride. Okay, if you would like to find out more about the canter and how you can improve the canter, I'm gonna suggest you pop on over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash canter. There you go. And there is a, a course there, a four week program that you can use. It has everything canter related that you can use to help you and your horse going forward. Okay, I'm gonna leave it at that. Have a great week. Keep well, not chat to you soon. Be good, bye.